Holly Emery, what is your favourite game? My favourite game is Fable. started playing games when I was very very young um all of my brothers and sisters they were a lot older than me like um between like 9 and 14 years so I had a lot of hand-me-down spectrums uh commodores um I that I basically played with them half the time I had no idea what I was doing I was like four years old I was pressing keys I was playing Chucky Egg um, I remember Master System, um, Desert Strike. I loved playing that game, but heck, I had no idea how to play it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's where I started playing video games. Very retro era cassette gaming, um, which it, it wasn't the era that was around when I was born, but um, when, when I grew up, but. I kind of adopted the era that my siblings had. So I kind of got into the older generation of gaming um, when I was young. Like, I, as I was going through um, all of the, the different consoles and stuff, I, I had a, a fair number of hand-me-down consoles, uh, like Master Systems and stuff, that I'd, I'd play and I'd pick up games at Car Boots. I remember going through Car Boots trying to find... Um, all of the classics on retro video game consoles but my first console that I got for myself was my original Xbox Mm -hmm. that's interesting I'll I'll, we'll get to that in a second but like you mentioned how you were sort of interested in sort of acquiring games car boot sales like what what were your sort of interests specific games that you were after at that time Uh, well I I loved all kinds of different platformers. So um, one of my favourite games gr- growing up was um, a game called Alex Kidd, Miracle World. Absolute classic. I was so scared of the octopus. And <laughs> like, it was just literally the, the second level as you like fall down into the watery area. I just, those octopuses, they, they mess me up. They mess me up proper. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, yeah. Oh dear! That does not sound well. Uh, that doesn't sound too dissimilar to what I went through with Metal Gear Solid Two. It's such a relatively young age. Oh no! Uh, it, to be fair, being scared by Metal Gear Solid seems more legitimate than being scared by a pixelated octopus. So um, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Oh, it was a it was a fish in a hat and a bow tie. That that messed me up. Still scarred to this day about that. Oh, me yeah, and actually, me yeah. and you both like in terms of different friends, but we're still like like I just turned thirty. Holly knows this because she was at my birthday thing. Full disclosure, but also. I'm 30 and I'm still fucking scarred from that fucking Colonel and NGS2, as I've mentioned so many times on this show. <laughs> Games can scar you for life. It's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, like Games that have, that have scarred me. I'm trying to think of, like, I, I tend to typically avoid scary games whenever I'm playing. Um, like I, I said Outlast. I remember playing the Outlast Two demo when it, when that came out on PS4, and it, it wasn't even me that was playing it. It was my housemate at the time, and I was hid behind a pillow the entire time. I love scary movies, don't get me wrong, but as soon as you put me in possession of a life that could could be scared, I feel like I'm caring for this person. I'm in control of them. I am. I'm just looking out for them. They're an extension of me. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing you definitely stayed the ever-living fuck away from PT. (laughs) Oh, yes, I did. I did. I I watched videos of it, though. Um, I watched some videos of it, and nope. Hard nope. No, thank you. Same. Absolutely no. Same. It's the only Kojima game I've not played on a console, on a HD console, anyway. And mm. chances are I probably would have bought Silent Hills, but I definitely wouldn't have played it. So. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, your first proper console, like you said, um, the Xbox. Talk about that a little bit. What was your memories of the Xbox? My memories of that original Xbox were firmly rooted in Tony Hawk's games. Tony Hawk's Underground, that soundtrack, it was beautiful. Everything about the Tony Hawk's games uh, in that era was fantastic. Tony Hawk's uh, Underground 1 and 2, beautiful. Fog um, 2 and I, uh, Pro Skater 3, beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh, there was there was mercenaries. There was ah oh, burnout revenge. Burnout free. Oh, is that burnout free takedown? I yeah, don't, I don't actually know if I. What is that you, burnout revenge? I no, do, I don't no. know if I played take. No, you. Takedown. Burnout free takedown is the best. I actually love that so much compared to revenge. Revenge, I did not like as much. Ah, oh, revenge was. Oh, that was that was so good. That's one of my all-time favorite racing games, apart from the old Need for Speed Most Wanted. Oh, the, the, the was that the two thousand and five one? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That That's was, a really that good was, one. Yeah, I, fa- I good. think I, I think I honestly prefer that over the Criterion version. Oh, that's the the modern one that came out a few years back. Mm-hmm. That came out nine years ago now. Oh my God, it came out nine years ago now. Nine years. Nine years, Holly. Nine years. It came out nine years ago. And God, I feel already old as it is just having to buy the remaster of Hot Pursuit. Oh, 
Oh. Time. Oh, time. Time gets us all. old. <laughs> I'm very old. <laughs> but <laughs> what a what a lot of memories do you have <laughs> before I digress <laughs> even more. <laughs> um, what else was there on the original Xbox? I had a good old time with Morrowind. That was a classic. I spent so many hours getting lost, literally lost in that game. Um, I, I can't actually remember completing it. I'm sure that I went through the main storyline, but I, I probably spent days in that game just running around the various cities trying to find Skooma wherever I could. Um, gosh, I sound like a gamer addict. Wow. Um, yeah, Morrowind. I I was a big fan, okay, of the pauldrons that you could get in that game. I was so sad um, with, I think, Skyrim when they took them out. She had separate shoulder pads that you could change up with your armor, and it was it's just really nice. That was, that's customization is one of my big things in like RPGs and stuff. But um, does does the just... se- does this, the sense of getting lost as well sort of help in terms of you know discovering these worlds? Because like you say, you, you get you got lost in Morrowind, but was that more of an intentional thing or was that just accidental? <laughs> Uh, it was a combination of the two things. So, um, the, like, I I literally got lost because I don't think there was any fast travel in Morrowind. But the environments as well, um, going through, like, the, the Dwemer ruins um, and looking at all of the different, like, um, like dungeons that, that you could find in the world. Also, there was just so many unusual creatures that you could find in the world that just weren't aggressive as well. Like, um, I think I think there was like a maybe a balloon system um, that was just like these little, well, I say little, these huge floating things with like legs that you could use to to travel to a city, but you couldn't like actually open up a map and be like, okay, I want to travel to this place. You had like set locations where you could do like a mini travel. Hmm. You had to pay loads of coins, and I never had coins because I wasn't very good at the game. <laughs> but, yeah. And then what about after the Xbox? Like, like in terms of Xbox 360, PS3, and whatnot, or even? Yeah, so I went to Xbox 360 um, and Xbox One. Um, I had some like other other games on the Xbox 360 that I really enjoyed playing. Again, they were they're more like RPGs and first person shooters. So like um, I loved The Witcher 2, um, the original Prey as well. Mm. I think that's that was an un, that was underrated. I feel that was a classic. Um, some of the mechanics in that game as well, and just the storyline um around the the invasion of, of the planet was they were just spot on um and also of the metro video games as well metro 2033 just some the, the ammunition mechanic in that and the fact that your premium ammunition was also like 
a really valuable currency in the game. It just really made you think really strategically about how you played the game as well. And I just love that about that game too. Hmm. Fair enough. I, f- I figured because you like those the Metro games are very hard driven as well, but they're also very systemic as well. Like very immersive, s- systemic as well. Yeah, for and for a game that's quite that's so like it almost feels isolated when you're playing it as well. Like mm. you're in the metro system. Sometimes you go out into the world. Um, like the environments that like I always found them really excite exciting. Even though I thought I, I almost felt like I sh- I shouldn't in a way because of the fact that it's always in the same like metro um, location. But mm. I was always looking in every nook and cranny for that ammunition. So it, I always felt like like I, w- I was always excited for the next place that I explored because I was more focused on this idea that I had to like scavenge. So I was um, I was basically working at McDonald's at the time uh, when I was 18 years of age and serving Big Macs. And chicken nuggies, well, chicken McNuggies. Indeed, indeed I was. And I love video games. I love playing video games. I lived in Breedland. All of my uh, spare income would go on video games. But um, there was a game station that I used to go visit to purchase video games. I'd pop in there most days. I also used to serve the manager um, at McDonald's. <laughs> So um, eventually, um, I, I guess I must have like annoyed the people enough there that they that they actually did enjoy my company, and uh, I, I guess I was enthusiastic enough that they, when I applied, they were like, "Oh yeah, come on board." So I, I ended up um, working in video game retail um, from I think 2010 until 2012, and while I was there, I did. Um, a, a little wee bit of journalism as well so um reviews and uh little bits and pieces um but that that was kind of my that was just dipping my toes in that was pre-development that was getting me ready ready for um where i was i was going next basically um so um someone that i worked with or a couple of people that i worked with actually had um recently um found work at team 17 uh, in the qa department testing video games so worms back then uh, there was lots and lots of worms game um and a little bit of alien breed as well I ended up applying and um yeah in 2012 i started QA testing on worms <laughs> my first um like development role so um, from there, um, I play tested lots of games for a few years, and in maybe 2014 or 15, um, after repeatedly, excitedly applying for production positions internally at Team 17, um, I, I got a role as a production assistant, working on um, sheltered. Um, the Escapist, Worms to Armageddon on iOS and Android, and there was a, a couple of other um, like publisher 
um, titles that I was doing some support work with as well. So I think like age rating documentation and stuff, uh, I think Oli Oli 2 on Xbox and um, Not a Hero as well. Yeah, um, from there. I was um, I was doing various different production bits and pieces, and I kind of like worked my worked my way up into um, taking on full productions and supporting developers in the publishing department um, to release. Working with uh, developers like Ghost Town Games with Overcooked and um, Villa Gorilla with uh, Yoki's Island Express, and. Um, also some of the internal productions at Team 17 as well so like supporting the, the launch of uh, well, basically from the, from the start to near the end of Escapist 2 and other productions too. In 2018 I then left to go freelance it's kind of kind of been from there where I am um, like started my own studios and stuff so that's kind of where I am now. So let's talk of your favorite game, Fable. Mm-hmm. Now, we've ascertained that you have a deep love of RPGs. That much is mm-hmm. very clear. Um, but what got you first into Fable anyway? What attracted you towards Fable? Oh, um, for me, it was a combination of like the, the character aesthetic I, I absolutely loved the character design, like the big chunky belt buckles and like massive gloves and stuff. I know that sounds really, that sounds a bit strange, but I just absolutely love the character design from the concept artwork to the like 3D models in the game. And also the, the soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. Danny Elfman and Russell Shaw um, composition. <laughs> It was beautiful. It's it's still one of my favorite soundtracks in any game to this day. Hmm, interesting. Um, like yeah, like go into a bit more detail about that soundtrack. What is it about that soundtrack that makes it one of your favorites? Uh, so, um, I think it's just how how magical it sounds. So, um, it's got a lot of like deep like stringed instruments that kind of echo into like the old crescendos um it, it, it's really grandiose as well like the the intro theme is something that just s- stuck in my mind basically to this day since i played it um and it and just 
even through all that there's always like a little I don't know a little piano or a little fiddle that's going really quietly in the background it's like a little chiming away and it always makes it feel like there's a little bit of humor a little bit of cheekiness going on mischievous uh behavior yeah exactly (laughs) yeah um so it, it was just magical for me Oh. Absolutely magical. It very much had those, like it pretty much nailed down the vibe of what the the sort of typical tropey fantasy RPG should sound like in terms of music, anyway. Mm. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It when I listened to it, I felt transported into a different world. I didn't even need to see the game. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So obviously, the one of the big aspects about Fable as, as a series, not just necessarily that one game, but as an entire series, is its humor, its 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 style of humor. It's very very specific because it feels very British in a way, very very British humor in a way. For sure, uh, I think it. I think it especially channeled with the, the like mostly British voice acting as well, um, and it that just really like you get the vibe the entire way through the game. So even from the main characters to when you're walking through, say um, like Oakvale or something like that, if you haven't changed your name, you'll hear hear the echoing sounds of chicken chaser. Look at all the chickens run. And like little VA sound clips like that, that, uh, yeah, takes me back. And it's funny you mentioned the sort of voice acting as well, because like you have Zoe Wanamaker as well as that sort of ominous narrator throughout the entire, at least for, I can't speak of Fable the Journey, but like throughout the entire series, anyway, she's there's that ominous presence as the narrator. Yeah. Um... Also, um, like the the presence of the guildmaster as well, um, it, it felt like almost like a father figure for the first like, well, f- for a good portion of the game, as well. But yeah, ah, um, oh, this is that without going too spoilery. Is that? You can go. You can be a spoiler as you want. Go for it. Spoilery. It's that Teresa. Yeah. No. Like I think that's Teresa. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Too, I'm not too sure because all I've played is Fable Two, but then Fable Two is the best <gasps> one. But I digress. Whoa! I digress. We'll we'll Whoa, touch. That's we'll, we'll touch. Funny. We'll touch upon that later on. For now. In a in a fist fight. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Are you actually challenging me to fight? Because I will actually. No, I won't. No. <laughs> I can't. Um, but I, although there are dogs in Fable Two, so I, I can understand that there are there are good valid points for your argument. I might end up fighting myself into Fable Two at this rate, the way that I'm going. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Jen. One of the things you mentioned to me before we started recording was mm. something that really excited you because you did a lot of sort of extensive background research on this and sort of revisiting your own memories on it. Mm-hmm. Frying pan, for whatever reason. Oh, yes. Um, so the frying pan is basically 
it's a weapon that you can get in Fable where you have to, um, I believe you have to find lots of different map pieces throughout the game world. And it's basically a frying pan as a weapon. And it looks very, very, you know, doesn't really do that much. Um, but when you use it, it's one of the most powerful weapons in the game. When you find the special frying pan, it's very powerful, it's very potent. That humour is, that is classic lion head humour right there. It's, it's just the tongue-in-cheek nature of it. it. Like, imagine going through the game, like, brandishing a frying pan and having this serious narration of, like, you need to conquer the evil in this universe, Jack of Blades. He's, he's terrorising shit, you know, you need to, you need to KO that. Like, dude, you're going and you're going and you're You can home. swear for what it's worth. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going mother. <laughs> you can swear. Blimey. I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm in the good place in real life. Add into my evil points. I'm joking. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let it, let it be known, PUBG was not the first game to really significantly use a frying pan as a weapon. Fable was. So, Brendan Green, player unknown, you've been had by Peter Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Peter Molyneux, um, Molyneux is basically a legend in the British games industry. Like, mm-hmm. there is no one like him at all but he does have a tendency to over promise a lot or he did have a tendency to over promise a lot mm-hmm. and that was sort of what endeared him to an extent because at least he's shooting for the stars and if or shooting for the moon because at least then if you miss the moon you're at least among the stars but sometimes he can probably shoot himself into the sun as well, considering the amount of promises that he makes or has made and doesn't deliver on. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, how much do you think sort of Molyneux sort of making those sorts of promises affects the development of games like Fable? Because like, I'm just reading up here, like, some of the stuff that um, he was like, he was a very, he was very aggressive promoting it. Cause like he said, it was going to be the best game ever. Like, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always like, whenever I hear like a Peter Molyneux story, I always get a little bit of excitement about what is going to be promised because heck, he could, he said he can sell well even if it's not something that um is eventually going to happen he can sell the socks off of it yes his pitch game is on point you can't deny it you cannot but deny no, it no you cannot like he knows how to sell a game he really knows how to sell like, i remember um him like showing off fable i think at gdc the year mm. Fable 2 came out. And I remember thinking, I want this game. Because like I remember him just showing off even just the co-op 
the co-op of the game. I'm like, I need this game. Mm-hmm. I need this game. And he, he can sell. No, I say Fable 3. And it was a really good selling point, but you know what he can't. The, the one game he can sell really, really well. And it's What's a game that? that never came out. Milo. Milo, yes. Was that the Connect game? It was. And um, I'm sure there was like like um, tech demos of the face tracking, mm. and, like just the tracking in general with the Kinect camera. Um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly how it was going to integrate into the Fable. Was it going to integrate into the Fable universe at all? I, th- I think they used tech within Milo to integrate into Fable the Journey, but mm. like Milo and Kate was meant to be its own game. Like, yeah. completely standalone from Fable. And I remember mm-hmm. watching that E3 thing thinking, okay, the footage is a slow, somewhat hokey, a little hokey, yeah. but the concept, the promise of what it could be was more than enough to sell me on it. More than enough. And I just thought at that point, give me, give me it now, because that was the one reason why I wa- why I wanted to connect mm, yeah like I, to be fair I think for a lot of people that demo and that sold the connect to people as well mm. I, I'm, I might have been working in retail at the time when that all happened mm. and I'm, sh- I'm sure we used that as like a as a pre-order tactic for the connect as well um, like to encourage people to like be like, this is the connect. This is what it can do. People were really like dubious of the connect when it came out. Um, like initially as a as a concept. Um, so I, I remember they um at, at least from from the perspective of like retail working on the on the shop floor and stuff. People were like, oh, I, I've got I've got a Wii. Um, like. And they were happy, happy with that, the motion control for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still remember, like when the Connect came out. I, I think for a, for a while they, they might not have been in stock. I think they sold out for a while. They did, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, it was it was popular. I remember, I remember Fighters Uncaged uh. as well. Being like, oh, I want to learn how to do UFC and stuff. Dance Central, for various reasons, from my VG24-7 days, will haunt me to my grave. What? Why will it haunt you? Did you play lots of Dance Central? I played lots of Dance Central, and there's at least two videos of it on record. Oh. That's hilarious. I love so, Dance Central. I love Just Dance. I love DDR. Any dancing game, I'm sold with it. <laughs> um, so w- when I eventually got Connect, I was all over Dance Central and Dance Central 2. I played a lot of it. I, yeah. I love I, that shit. I think the first one might, might be gone from existence at this point, thank fuck. But the second one is still, I think, lurking about on the internet somewhere. Me and John Drake, formerly of Harmonix, now of Disney, somewhere yeah. on the internet. So, did you have a like a dance battle with somebody? 
No, I had about, I, I, I think I think me and John were doing a, a sort of co-op dance battle, and then <laughs> I think it was, so. I think if I remember correctly, it was me, John Drake, and the two mixed off PR reps from the UK in the room, and that was a and, and I was after an interview as well, and it was filmed on the internet, <laughs> filmed and put on the internet for VG twenty four seven. So you know, um, I I can't put it in this episode because all you're just going to hear is just me and John just sort of yammering to each other but like I'll, I'll I'll send you the video maybe maybe at one point we'll get John Drake on micro game and we'll talk about it <laughs> um, yeah. but I love a good dance <laughs> but again like they sort of bring it back around again they sort of Molyneux and how he can promise stuff like he did tend to promise a lot, but that, that was also sort of the detriment to Fable because, like, there was a lot of cut stuff on it in that game. Like, there was a lot of story stuff content, uh, story stuff cut from the game, which, which sort of didn't please everyone who played the game. So, thus we had the lost chapters. Mm. I I guess that's that's the same for any video game though. Um, that has has had that kind of that kind of press. I remember like um, No Man's Sky as well. Mm. Um, that, like a similar thing happened there, where a very excited creative director talks about their vision for a game, and um, maybe they don't have full visibility on whether it is achievable within the development cycle or something happens during the development cycle that means it's no longer feasible hmm. maybe a cut of funding maybe a like a, a development ship date or something like that um but i always find it fascinating to hear these these developers because they're visionaries and they're they're the kind of people that are trying to strive to make the game's best the best that they possibly can be but like from a from a this is a product that you're going to buy perspective and you're expecting those kind of things to be within the product that you've been sold i can understand why people got a little bit annoyed when the game came out hmm. so on last chapters itself then um <laughs> Like, you went through that, didn't you? I think you told me you played that. Like, what was the sort of... How, how much did that sort of um, augment your experience playing Fable? So, um, the last chapters... I'm, I'm having to, like, uh, call a bit here. But it was basically at the end of the game, you find out that Jack Blades isn't dead and they've been turned into a dragon that you end up fighting in snow spire um i can't remember the full story that gets you to that place um but like it, it was a nice addition to the to the end of the game it was an, a nice bit of, of filler content that i thought you know I, I really enjoyed playing these additional areas as well um, it was like uh, a hearty little DLC pack at the end of the game um, that just extended the gameplay experience and added um, a fair number of like different weapons and outfits and stuff as well. 
Fable is also very much a game in where it is very much a good and evil sort of type thing. You can play it good. You can play it bad. You can be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. Basically, it define and it, your choices sort of define obviously how you go through the game, but it also mm-hmm. sort of defines how you'd look in the game. Like, what 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 way did you decide to play Fable? Oh, well, it depends on the playthrough, really. Um, some playthroughs I was a tofu eater, and sometimes I was eating all the crunchy chips. One of the things that I loved when I was playing through Fable is the way that your decision-making in the game affected your aesthetic. So if you made decisions that, um, that, that basically were evil, you, say, killed certain, you killed villagers, or um, you made decisions that negatively impacted um, people, like not saving certain people in a certain quest or something, um, or, like, I don't know, killing Whisper in the arena rather than like letting her go and letting her survive you grow horns on your head and you get like these fly if you get really evil there's flies that swarm around you as well and you get i'm sure you get like red eyes and like these these black marks around your eyes as well and um like all of the armors like um types within the game there was always an evil set as well as like a good set as well so you had your evil your standard and your your good set as well so um like I really really like that about Fable because um like even though there was there was some linearity in the path that you like eventually went on to the end of the game there was a lot of different options that meant that you could really customize your experience in the game world and really call it your own as well but yeah I was both Sometimes I, sometimes I went from good to evil. I'm sure as well that when I was um, like, I might have been really good, and then I tried to be really bad really quickly. I'd eat loads of crunchy chicks, and then I'd get fat as well <laughs> because I'd just eaten loads of food as well. So I was just evil, and I'd like gained loads of weight. Oh no! You had to like exercise off your your crunchy chicks that you'd eaten in order to get evil. So the million dollar question: Did you punt any chickens? Did I punt any chickens? Punt any chickens? Like kick, kick chickens? Of course, of course. <laughs> like um, I think it was Bowstone. Like that was that was the place to kick chickens. I mean, I think there are a few chickens in Oakdale as well, but Ballastone, you were trying to kick the chickens in all of the strangest of places um, and trying to kick them as far as you could as well. Kick the chicken. Mm-hmm. 
kick the chicken. I say that as if, I, as if I'm saying kick the baby, like in South Park. Kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. Kick the baby. Uh, 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 um, I, am a, I am a chicken kicker. <laughs> Holly Emery is a chicken kicker. You heard it here first tonight on Life Every Game. That's going to be a new story in the morning. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Fable 2 and 3. Um, I've obviously made on record my love very clear for Fable 2. I love Fable 2. It's one of my favorite RPGs. Probably top five at least. Oh, well, top ten at least. Definitely top ten. Maybe top five, but definitely top ten. Um. Molyneux sold me the fuck out of that game. And I think Fable 2 is the one game where everything he sold, he tried to sell everyone in the game on, on bullet point and bullet point. I think that was the one game that he's made that he sold to a T perfectly. And I think Fable 2 is very much the game that just, it, it, it feels like from like it's admittedly been a good few years since I played Fable Two. Actually, has it been? I think I played it a little bit last year. Going back to um, I think the start of the game and the combat system. I think it's slightly dated now, but like otherwise, it was a very very good game. Fable Two. I really loved Fable Two. Such a good game. Could not say the same thing about Fable Three though. Could not. Like, I think I played about 10 minutes of that. I was like, yeah, I do not feel massively vested interest in this compared to Fable 2, whereas I felt like I was already immediately hooked in for what was going to happen. Didn't quite feel it as much with Fable 3. Like, what what were your thoughts on those games? Um, So I I played Fable 2 and Fable 3 a lot less than the first Fable. Um, I, I still really enjoyed them. Um like the scores as well, uh, musical composition, the gameplay too. Um, like, absolutely love them. But my heart was always in the original Fable. Um, it, it just has a special place in my heart just because I'd never played another game like it. When I played it, it had such a heavy impact, well, just on, on me when I played it. But um, like with Fable, the introduction of the dog, uh, I'm sure that um, there was a breadcrumb trail as well that was introduced in Fable 2 as well yeah. that made questing a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I and like, I like back when, when I was playing games back then, like I wouldn't do things like disable features like that, even though I knew that it was an option that you could um so like i always just tended to play the game in the way that it was in, intended without changing any of the settings so i was always like mm, like i like the mystery I, I liked the fact that there wasn't an option for that that you had to go out there yourself uh in the original fable whereas with fable 2 because the option was there i was like yeah go on <laughs> follow the programs it goes back to that aspect of being lost in RPGs again. Yeah, I just like getting lost, basically. I, I love it. Like, in real life as well. Like, oh my I love God. getting on a hike. I love getting lost on a hike. Um, 
yeah, like I don't know. It, it, I think it's the immersion for me. Hmm. The the immersion of getting lost in that world and having that breadcrumb trail. You know, I know I could turn it off. Um, just being there, I was just a bit like, hmm. It's yeah, it's taking it a little bit of the edge off. Um, with with Fable Three, um, again, um, the I think with both games, the the introduction of guns as well, and that it was a step more towards like industrial era, um, like British ish society rather than like a more medievally kind of countryside the kind of less less uh, did you say advanced I, i'm not sure um it was the, the progression over time as well took i think a, a little bit of that that magic away in comparison to the first game as well so yeah guns um and in in fable three as well they they brought in all the systems around like running basically being a ruler over a kingdom almost and like being able to transform cities by um i think in your menu system i think it was a menu system you you had like all of your it was a very elaborate menu system actually you had like 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 rooms and stuff and you could like change your outfits and change like the color of your outfits using dyes and stuff and then you can manage like your financial your financials from there as well hmm. um I, I remember you could have rises and fall like the rise and fall of like certain towns and cities in fable 3 depending on your actions as well which again was amazing hmm. but um i guess yeah, the original Fable experience for me is just my favorite. It's awesome. So on that aspect, then, like, it's let's say at this point. So it's twenty sixteen. Molyneux's mm-hmm. long left. He's gone off to find twenty two cans and do curiosity, big green cube. Mm. Um, God, that feels like such a lifetime ago now. At this point, it's curiosity. <laughs> Um, as well as that, at this point, Lionhead is making an asymmetrical Fable multiplayer game, Fable Legends. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and this is a thing that actually happened, uh, and I'll put this in for um, those listening. Um, while I was recording a season four of an episode of My Favorite Game, this was with Dan Pinchback of the Chinese Room, Literally, the news broke that Lionhead was closing. Oh, fuck. Have you just seen Twitter? Uh, Lionhead's closing. Oh, my God. Just said Lionhead's closing. Jess just texted me. My phone's just gone. It's Jess going, Lionhead's closing. Lionhead's closing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. It says, after much consideration, we have decided to cease development on Fable Legends and are in discussions with employees about the proposed closure of Lionhead Studios in the UK. Holy fuck. That's just huge. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's loads of people. That's really shitty. Oh, my God. That's... Oh, fuck. (laughs) 
That's there, isn't it? Bloody hell, it does. Fable 2, man. Fable 2. I love that game. Fuck. That's a lot of people's jobs. That's really grim. I just really, I mean, that's what you want, is that there's so many good developers at line. I just hope they fall on their feet and are all just hung out to dry because they deserve to be working in this industry. They're good people. Like, there was no Fable Legends. Fable Legends was canned. And Lionhead was closing after years of development on Fable Legends and after the release of um, Fable The Journey for Connect, But all the same, Lionhead's closure was a heavy, heavy loss. Not just because of the fact it gave us the Fable franchise and, you know, the likes of Black and White, the movies, etc., but just in general, it just felt like a huge part of the heart of the UK games industry was sort of ripped out the day that closure was announced. Like, mm. what, what, can you remember what your sort of, what, how, what, what your reaction was that day? Can you remember back that day when that news was announced? It. I remember it very well because I cried. I cried at it. Lenhead was one of the reasons that I joined the games industry in the first place. I had aspirations one day of joining that studio and uh, working on a Fable game. I think I think it was it was maybe more the studio as well rather than the franchise, just because of the other games that had kind of um, been born out of that studio and also just Peter Molyneux's legacy that it built up. So like. I love the populist games growing up. Theme Hospital as well. Bullfrog was a, it was such, they, they were like fundamental building blocks for my passion within the, within the games industry. And the idea that like some, some of the people from that studio uh, had like helped with forming Lionhead and were building games like Black and White and Fable. Um, and that studio and that legacy just shutting down. Yeah, it, it, that was painful. That, it was a painful day. I remember I was, I was working at Team 17 at the time. I remember being shocked. Very shocked. And, and very heartbroken as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Studio Liverpool and Evolution Studios. <laughs> that broke my heart immensely. Those broke my heart immensely. But yeah. Um. On 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 the flip side of that, Fables Fables Fable is coming back. Fable is coming back, and it's coming back on the Playground Games, the incredibly talented studio behind Forza Horizon. And I will not say a bad word about Playground because, oh my fucking god, the Forza Horizon games are stupendously brilliant games. Like, if for whatever reason you have not played a Forza Horizon game over the course of the past nine years, please, I encourage you, whether it's Forza Horizon 1 on the Xbox 360, the Forza Horizon 4, Please play these games. They're so, so good. And they stand alone easily to the point where if you just choose one of them and just one of them, you will have a brilliant time regardless. Um, but yeah, like Fables coming back on the playground. 
and they'll use that open world expertise that they've used with Forza Horizon. Um, I'm very excited to see what Playground brings to the table anyway with Fable. Like, what what were your immediate thoughts? Oh, oh, I was so torn. There was a part of me that wanted, like, when I left, um, when I left Team Seventeen, that wanted to see if whatever that rumor was was actually true and join playground games and work on fable um because well back then it was only a rumor i think it was a picture shared on twitter that when i heard it i was like this is actually happening well i mean it was was basically an industry an open secret from the industry at this point yeah but you know like i I didn't know anyone from Playground Games to like actually fully confirm it, and I well, I, you know, I, I just I don't know. There was a part of me that was cynical, that was like, is it really happening? I don't I don't know. Like, is it is it really is it really? I, like, there was a part of me that kind of was like, no, it can't be happening. It's too good to be true, kind of thing, and like that there is there's a large part of me that, that would want to work on a Fable game at some point in the future, but there's also an even larger part of me that wants to play that game on launch day and enjoy it for all of its pure beauty. Um, yeah. I, that. Oh. <laughs> I, I just want to be able to play it on launch day and just, oh, yeah. Just that feeling, yeah. I want to relive what I lived when I first played Fable. Did you get one of the Xbox yet? One of the new Xbox yet? One of the new ones? Yeah. No, not yet. Well, I haven't been you, able to get there you, go. there you go. There's your mission now over the next year. So get Xbox Series S or Xbox Series X. Sort yourself out for <laughs> Fable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm super excited, though. Um. Was it the there was an announcement last year? Um, I think in the uh, the build up to the consoles launching, when um, the different um, platform holders were um, doing their spiels and doing reveals for their games, I can't remember if it was E three or something. And right at the end, there was just that very short video of Fable, and mm. like it was like. I'd been waiting for all of the shows for the last like few years. Just like, is this where they're going to announce Fable? Are they going to show something? I've been holding out for it. And they showed a bit, and it was just so small. And I was like, no, you can't just show just that. Please give me more. <laughs> yeah. I was still very excited, but it made it official. Made it official, uh, official. <laughs> official official that's probably the best way to describe it i'm excited i'm excited to really see what playground can do but i think they'll i think they'll mm-hmm. kick ass with it i really do i'm i'm really excited to see um what they do in terms of like the environment design because some of the stuff that they do with like forza horizon series with the weather system oh is, yes it's groundbreaking tech like mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely phenomenal what they can do, um, and if that if that kind of stuff is incorporated into Fable, then I've got really high hopes. Basically, 
I am I'm super excited. Like the idea of just running through this world and suddenly the I don't know, it goes from sunshine into this like absolute torrential downpour. I don't know. That that could be really atmospheric. So what else do you like about Fable that we've not talked about? Ooh, what else do I like about Fable? Um I really liked um in Fable just the simplicity of the armor system. Um like in terms of like all of the different armor sets and like aesthetics that you could get from the game, it actually had a, a really simple progression system of I think it was like you could get like like really basic like little armor and then it went to like chainmail and then like plate as well. And I think in a lot of RPGs, um, your your progression to protect your character can get really complicated really quickly. But with the Fable system, like with, with the way that Fable designed their their armor system, I found it um, I found it really easier to get on board with. And like I I don't know I just really appreciated the simplicity because it meant that I I spent a lot less time in menus. Um, mm. And more time, like, exploring the world and playing the game. And, like, because you knew that a lot of their armor was in sets, it also gave you a mission to find the other parts of the armor in the world as well. So it, I, 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 I just really appreciated that, that design, basically. What didn't you like about Fable? Oh, I really wanted to jump. If you could only roll... But I wanted to jump. <laughs> that, that was basically it. I wanted to be able to jump around. It was because I'd been playing Morrowind. Mm. And there was the acrobat skill that they removed in sub- in subsequent like Elder Scrolls games. Um, that you couldn't level up from jumping around everywhere. So I went from Morrowind, maybe Morrowind to Fable. And then it was like, I can't jump around. This is just natural to me now. I just want to jump. I just want to jump. But yeah. <laughs> Not for any particular reason. I just really wanted to be able to jump places. So, with that in mind, top three Fable games. How would you rank them? Obviously, Fable 1 at the top. But how would you rank the rest of the series? Oh. Oh, that is tough. Um... Mm. I'd probably say in order, like so Fable 1, Fable 2, and then Fable 3. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. okay. Nice and simple, simple and clean, sequential order. Yeah, sequential order. I don't, I don't know, maybe it was just as as time went on, I, I got a more, like, I got more set in my ways towards my book like my feelings towards the original Fable. So when Fable 3 started to change things more, I was like, hmm, what about my precious Fable? Um, and yeah, I think I think that's probably why I appreciate Fable 1 the most and then Fable 2 and then Fable 3.
honorable mentions. Go for it. Oh, um, so Morrowind. Gotta love a bit of Morrowind. Um, Match. That, heck yeah. Um, it was one of the first big RPGs that I played. Um, got lost in that world. Same as I did Fable. Love it. Um, also, um, the Halo franchise as well. Um, playing through those games on, uh, I don't know, maybe I was just a sadist, but I like to play through uh, Halo games on Legendary. Um, you masochist. You masochist. I know. I know. And the, the game that gets a shout out from me is specifically Halo 2, because it was one of the only games that if you're playing it cooperative and you died, you um, both respawned. Even if one of you died, whereas all the other Halos, I don't think that happened. Oh. So it, it was extra hard mode. <laughs> extra, extra hard mode. So when I completed that game in Co-op Legendary, it was like an, I'd unlocked an additional achievement. Oh, wait. I'm trying to think. Did original Xbox have achievements? I don't think it did. Did it? Or was this in game? Um, this is my own personal achievement. Oh. It was an accolade for me. But okay, um, games Windows Live it had achievements on that, and yeah, oh yeah, I that's did, right, yeah, 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 I remember now. I did buy it on PC so that I could play it online for longer after they closed the the Xbox servers down. No, it makes sense to me. No, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's fair. What? 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 Anytime someone mentions Halo, there's always this temptation of asking them about ODST because ODST being so completely different to you know all the big ones or Reach because it's the last big game the franchise from Bungie and it's also because it's the start of the timeline in terms of the games. But I've never really talked to anyone about Halo properly um, or at least never talked to anyone properly about Halo in relation to Halo 3. Because I, and I mentioned Halo 3 because Halo 3, for me, has the best single mission in terms of set piecery in a game ever. And that level <gasps> is the Covenant. The Covenant? You have to remind me. This is um, the seventh mission. The sixth mm-hmm. or seventh mission in Halo 3. And you and the Arbiter are just basically making this final sort of dis, uh, ascent towards uh, the higher truth. And then towards the end, this is spoilers, by the way, but then at this point, it's been 13 years since Halo 3 came out anyway. So <laughs> um, what happens? Uh, basically, the flood is on your side. Because the oh! flood... And yeah. you're running through the platforms. Yes. And the flood, what the flood fight? The, yeah, the flood, are, the flood are helping you. You are, oh, you, I, is it, is it the heretics? Yes. The, the flood fighting the heretics and you're running. And then do you explode the ring and then you have to get off of it and then you're all running away? No, that's, I think, close to the end of the game. But like the the higher basically the the the, the oh fuck I forgot the name of it now. Um, basically the the basically keys gets murdered in that. Oh, mission. with the prophet 
Prophet Truth. Yes, that's it. Prophet yes, Truth. Yes. Prophet Truth. Prophet Truth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a yeah. mission. What a mission. Just set piece after set piece after set piece. It was so, it was good. Oh, at the end of Halo uh, 3 as well, when you have to uh, escape the planet. Yeah. And you're on the you're on the platforms as well that like you have to drive on specific platforms. I think there's a line at the end as well, like finish the fight. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's wake me when you need me. Oh, wake me, wake me when you need me. There's, um, I need to give the the covenant back their bomb as well. There's a quote like that. I'm just really bad at remembering things. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, now I want to Google the quote. <laughs> I do want to Google the quote. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going there. Master Chief quote, Halo 3. Yeah, to give the Covenant back their bomb. Oh yeah, that's right. that's right. I remember that now. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the Halo franchise is up there as well. Halo Reach yeah, is really yeah. good. Beyond good and evil. Again, beautiful world. Um, protagonist. Oh my God, Jade. She is, she's kick-ass, she knows how to fight, she's a photographer who likes to travel the planet, um, she um, works at an orphanage, supporting her uncle, who is a pig, like, uh, what more can I say, like, uh, she, yeah, she's all-time, one of my all-time favourite, in fact, my all-time favourite game character, I think, Jade, from Beyond Good and Evil, um, that entire world. Mama goes the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack. Mama goes garage. Mama goes garage. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. I guess mention for sure. Come on. You're not gonna mention tropical. <gasps> tropical. Yeah, tropical is up there as well. Um, I've I've sunk a lot of hours into tropical. Um. I am a big fan of just the narration system. Um, and there's, there's no like proper cutscenes or anything in the game as well, but the, sto- the text-based story and adventure that you're taking on with, with every game as, um, as just like uh, El Presidente is, is really good. And it's the same sidekick that you get with every with every game as well, and I've forgotten the name of him. The chap that begins with M, because I'm really bad with names. Very bad with names. So so bad with names. I feel like you're trying to fool out to me as, as if I would know. I've not played these games. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I've played all of these games, and I can't remember the names. Uh, to be fair, games that I've played quite recently. I can't remember the names. I've been playing the forest recently and I can't even remember half of the weapons that I've been crafting over the last few days. Uh, 
when it when it comes to the names of things, my brain is a sieve. <laughs> it just it just melts into a puddle. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. It's all those uh, it's all those work in progress development names. <laughs> <laughs> the, you get so many of them that I'm like, okay, it's the thing. It's the thing. You know that thing that you get in level three? Yeah, it's that one. That's, yeah. yeah. You know what? I've been destroyed by placeholder names in video games. You know what? At this point, considering what everything that's been happening as of recording this, I think we can just sort of put it down to pandemic brain at this point. <laughs> I've got a funky pandemic brain right now. I'm not going to lie, John. <laughs> I nearly spat out. I nearly spat it out. <laughs> I just about held it in. <laughs> she lost the boat. <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. <laughs> you having a situation here? Oh dear. Oh dear. Um okay, um top three games ever. What would they be? Obviously Fable at the top, but what would be two? Fable. Oh ooh. Fable one. Okay, that's one first. Beyond good and evil. Oh. Mm. And then Oh no, don't make me pick with the Halos. Oh, Halo Reach. Oh, yeah, Halo Reach. Okay, no, I'm so I'm sort of curious about this because for this is probably a bit too inside baseball, but basically, Holly, when we so this has actually been trying to happen for the past two years, trying to get her her episode basically. And mm-hmm. the choices that she was, ha- she gave me was either Fable or Halo 2. So I'm somewhat surprised by Fable, uh, sorry, Halo Reach being in there and not Halo 2. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, explain, like, I, I'm definitely curious. I've changed as a person, Johnny. I've <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I think a, a part of it was playing uh, the Master Chief Collection and remembering just how uh, fucking annoying Halo 2 was on Legendary. Um, but it was also great. But Halo Reach, um, like, the story was, was, like, obviously it wasn't as part of the trilogy. It, was, it, it described what happened as part of... Um, like the Covenant's initial like attack um, mm. on on planet Earth, um, and just all around the story, I just thought it 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 was like this lovely unit, lovely unit. Oh my god, why am I describing a video game as a unit? Damn, um, it was just it was a really nice all round package, and it introduced uh, into the gameplay like um additional mod additional modifiers that you could use during gameplay which i thought really just uh enhanced gameplay and the online multiplayer as well so um halo reach is one of those games that i could keep going back to 
um, again and again. Um, I can't actually remember as well if Halo Reach kept the firefight. I'm pretty sure Halo Reach did have a firefight mode. It did. As it well. did. It did. Um, I'm just trying okay, to remember yeah, if it was it included. Did. I'm just trying to remember if it was included with the MCC, but the Xbox 360 version definitely did. So if the yeah. Xbox 360 version had it, then I'm guessing Firefights in the MCC version as, as well. Yeah. Um, there, there was a quirk with, with Halo Reach, though, um, that Halo 3 ADST didn't have, I'm sure. Oh, maybe... Because Firefight was introduced with Halo 3 ADST. Mm-hmm. That was a first game to have it and I remember uh, I played Firefight a load more than the original campaign because I'll I'll be honest I was part of the team of Halo players that wasn't as big a fan of of ADST than other ones (sighs) I know I know I'm being very controversial sacrilegious (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being controversial now you say controversial, um, I say blasphemous, sacrilegious. I, I guess I couldn't get on board as much with the health system. Hmm. But, but yeah, the um, the firefight mode, I played a lot of that. I, I played a lot of it. I think there was a quirk where you couldn't play local multiplayer and online multiplayer at the same time. I can't remember which one of them you couldn't do that with. So I ended up playing the one that you could do it with. I think I think I ended up playing Halo ADST more because of that. Fair enough. So, Fable, Beyond Good and Evil, and Halo Reach. Yep. I know. I know, Johnny. You can't see this. I've changed. I'm 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 somewhat jaw on the floor. Jaw on the floor at this revelation. I know. You thought I was someone I was not. Justice, you think they have the answers. I changed the questions. <laughs> yeah. Go all writing paper on us. <laughs> <laughs> So I am at Slinky Fishy on Twitter. Um, so that's Slinky and then Fishy. Pretty simple. Um, I have a studio as well called Bonsai Collective with the Twitter handle Bonsai Games. And you should also donate to Mermaid. That is a good call. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I encourage everyone to donate to mermaids. Um, and for those who don't know, maybe mer- I can't even talk anymore. Tongue tied. Um, mermaids is a very 
prominent charity in the UK that helps provide support and advice for uh, UK trans children, uh, trans kids uh, in the UK. Uh, I will leave a link in the post on playdiaries.com and I will highly, highly encourage anyone and everyone to give what they can to mermaids. That's a good call. I'm definitely going to leave links in for that. Good call, Holly. Good call, small hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, that's my, uh, my selling myself. Basically. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast by Play Diaries where people in the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game or press play before they go live publicly, please consider subscribing to our $2 tier on Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, Alex Canaris on The Secret of Monkey Island. Until next week, bye bye.